Hey kiddo, welcome to the Inspire to Engage podcast, where we talk marketing for small business owners, how we can serve our existing clients well, and ways for us to engage more with potential clients. And of course, we'll talk some about the juggles and struggles to do all of this while still having a life. I'm your host, Rachel Eubanks, and I'm so happy that you're here. Welcome to episode 24 with my friend, Deanna Mason. Deanna is the co-host of Mom's Call to More podcast and founder of Refreshed Moms, where she helps moms who feel called to more confidently monetize their message and work. Through a membership community, private consulting, and courses, she helps you create a monetization strategy around how God is leading you to build your business while incorporating the tools needed to prioritize your faith, family, and self-care. She helps us find joy in the businesses that we're building and build that business around the life that we're already living instead of letting that business run us. Now, you're going to hear Deanna and recognize that she is calm, cool, and collective. She's determined, but she built her business with her children growing up around her. So when she talks to us about these things, she's done these things. I'm excited for you to have a listen. Deanna believes in the power of being yourself. Just because the industry encourages you or teaches you or tells you you have to do it, she encourages us to do some pushback sometimes. If that doesn't fit with our life, if it doesn't feel right, maybe that is not right for us. She also believes that yoga pants are real pants. And I think that many of us will definitely give her a round of applause on that right there. And if we didn't believe that before COVID-19 and the quarantine, we definitely do now. I can't wait for you to listen. If you are looking for validation or maybe even permission to just step the heck back for a second, then you definitely want to listen to this episode with Deanna. Now, one quick note, I fell in love with Deanna on Instagram and one particular post I stumbled upon and I literally laughed out loud. She said something like, hey, I bet you won't skip your child's back to school program next year. Now, of course, she posted this early during the quarantine months ago and she and I chatted early June, back before there was a huge conversation about whether children will actually return to school. You will hear she and I laughing about that post, and I just wanted to give you a heads up. We weren't being flippant. We just recorded this prior to it being a very hot topic, and I chose not to delete it or cut it out of the episode because I love genuine laughter and conversation in podcasts I listen to, so I chose to keep it in. But just want to let you know that when we recorded it, It was not a huge hot topic about whether children were going to go to school or not. Okay, without further ado, here is my conversation with Deanna Mason. Enjoy. Deanna, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me. I have been excited about this conversation for about a month and a half. If I come clean right here to the listeners, I have stalked Deanna for about a month and a half on Instagram. I don't even remember exactly how I came to know her feed, but I did. I followed along for a while and I finally got brave and just reached out and said, 
I'd love to talk to you. And so I appreciate her agreeing to talk with me. She has got so much to share with us, small business owners. Those of us are, that do so much for our businesses, we're basically everything. She is going to lay some knowledge on us about how we can step back a little bit, but yet still be productive. I'm going to preface or frame our conversation here in a minute, but I want to start by letting Deanna introduce herself to the listeners. Thank you so much for having me. There was no need to get brave. I am so excited to, to talk to you and your listeners. So thank you for reaching out. But yes, I'm Deanna Mason. I'm a monetization clarity consultant and my company's name is Refreshed Moms. My desire is to help mom entrepreneurs get in touch with the passion and the desires that God placed in their heart and find fulfillment through the monetization process. So I've worked with a lot of faith-based businesses, women that are doing things that they believe God has put in their heart to do. And many times they have a hard time resolving, how do I take something that I feel like is something God is saying to do and feel good about putting a price tag on it. And so I help them resolve that because I really believe that they need to get paid in order to step fully into that thing that they're feeling inspired to do. And that's where I base my coaching around. And I have a very huge focus on helping moms do that in a way that does not compromise their desires for their family and for their own long-term self-care as well. So that's kind of who I am and what I do. Okay. We need this conversation then. <laughs> I do have male listeners. And so Deanna and I both know that it's not just about moms learning to balance at all. These are going to be tips that we can all take, but mm -hmm. this is something mom guilt is very alive and well. And yeah. so Deanna definitely addresses that and how we can take care of ourselves because if we can't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of the people around us, mm -hmm. much less our business too. So let me preface our chat by saying one of the posts that I fell in love with Deanna's feed, actually you posted early in the pandemic. I think it was when the kids came home for the first mm -hmm. time kind of like finally we know now they're not going back to school <laughs> and it made me laugh out loud it was a post that said I bet you don't blow off your child's back to school bash next year <laughs> I laughed out loud on that because you're right most people are going to say load them up guys yes. we're heading to school when it starts back <laughs> but Deanna is funny but she's also very sincere and the post that caused me to just stop in my tracks and really start reevaluating things in my life begins with a graphic that says you don't have to offer or do a whole lot of things to bring extreme value to people. I stopped right there, Deanna. I was like, whoa, okay, I needed that. But she goes on to talk about, and I'm going to read a part of her caption that says, are you tired of selling all the time? Okay, truth talk here. I spent my first year in business doing way too much. Some of it was just me trying to find my way, find my voice, but much of it was me tinkering around doing things that were unnecessary. I was doing way too much of the wrong things. I cared way too much about social media metrics. Growing my social media space became like a drug. Something in me felt validated when a post gained massive reach and engagement. I was also in this crazy cycle of always creating new content. I was writing a blog, producing a podcast, and creating video content. And then she goes, red flag alert. And she continues talking about that this pace is not sustainable. And that resonated with me because of doing 
all the things. Mm -hmm. But in the end, we want to get paid for those things. Yeah. So that's what our conversation is about, is how can we do the things that are going to get us paid, do less, but still be offering value to people and getting paid for that. Mm -hmm. So the first question I have for you is, what are some action steps that we can take as small business owners to embrace this mindset of doing less? When I thought about this, I read your question before I hopped on and I, I really just have to go back to what are the action steps that I actually take people through because the way that I help my clients scale, I'm like, these really are the action steps. They, I'm not going to say that these are the only ones, but these are the ones that I have identified for myself that have benefited me and now I teach them to my clients. So one of the first things, and I didn't even realize how important this was until the pandemic and I had time to actually get in touch with these things. I, I was able to slow my schedule down, empty my calendar a little bit more in order to be more present with my kids and made room to really get in touch with why I was doing the work that I was doing in the first place. I got in touch with my story and that's the very first place I start with my private clients is let's get in touch with your story. What is fueling this work? Where did the desire to do this work come from? Because most of us, we're not just doing work that we pulled out of the air. We're doing work that meant something to us. We're doing work around a transformation that we personally have experienced. And now we're turning it into a way to serve other people the same way we were served. There's usually a reason why we are choosing to be entrepreneurs around that particular type of work. And so just getting in touch with that story. And many times after my clients get through that story, and that includes what did you experience before, you know, your enlightenment period? What was your life like before the change? What happened after the change? Now, what are you doing as a result of the change? You know, those are three things that we hit. And after they finish it, I let them know, do you, you don't even understand that you just outline a keynote. You just outline podcast episodes. You just outline so many things before we even get into monetization conversations. You can just use this story and whip it out in so many different ways across your content and the ways that you engage with people. That resonates with the type of people you're trying to connect with without you even having to sell a thing. So getting in touch with your story is like the very, very first place that we spend time doing or spend work around doing. And then the next step is to now let's get in touch with your belief system. Because for me, I got to the point that I got so tired of sharing tips and tricks, marketing strategies. That was what my content, you know, if you scroll down a few rows on my Instagram, you'll see that I'm just like the tip queen. Somebody actually called me that you're the tip queen, you know, and I would just give all these tips and how to's and how to grow your followers, how to leverage Instagram stories. I really was really big on giving these little small tips because that's what I was taught to do. That's what I was taught that my content needed to be is a lot of training, a lot of tips. And it got to the point that I started to feel nauseous every time I would prepare my content. I'm like, I don't want to talk about this stuff. It's not what I want to talk about, but somebody smarter than me told me that I needed to talk about this stuff, but it is absolutely not what I want to talk about. And the, the way that I do content now, I actually pulled it from Dana Malstaff. She's the leader of Boss Moms. If you look her up, Boss-Moms is how I believe she's trademarked. But she helped me get in touch with my belief system. And I don't think I ever spent time just 
what is it I believe and why do I believe it? How does what I believe connect with my ideal customer? And so I just spent time figuring out, well, what do I believe about my industry? Do I actually believe I need to be on Instagram every single day, even though that's what I've been taught? No, I don't think you do. Do I actually believe I need to be blogging and podcasting and YouTubing and doing all those things? No, I don't actually believe I do. You know, these were my beliefs, even though I've been taught other things. It was like, do I actually believe that? And do I actually believe this is the way I need to scale my business? Do I actually believe this is a way my moms need to scale their business? I didn't. I didn't believe it, nor did I believe it was sustainable based off of where they were when they come to me. You have somebody that's in business five, six, seven years, we have a different story. But these are solopreneurs coming to me with kids playing Legos under their desk, trying to scale a business. And I'm like, that's not what they need. They need permission to not build that way. And that's what I believed. And so just me getting understanding around what I truly believed industry-wise, what I believed about happiness and what makes people happy, even little silly things like I believe a coffee, a good cup of coffee and a good cupcake, that solves any problem. Anytime I'm sad, <laughs> anytime I'm disappointed, I can go to my favorite coffee shop and my favorite cupcake shop and the world just got better. That's just, that's just Deanna Mason belief. I believe leggings really are pants. I do. <laughs> They're my everyday wardrobe, <laughs> you know, and so these make me unique, but you know, my clients laugh at that. They get that. They understand. Mm -hmm. And so those are the types of things I started sharing. And wouldn't you believe it? When I share those types of things, my click rates increase, my bookmarks increase, my shares increase. And I did not include one call to action I did not I did not sell not one single thing but yet my calendar was filling up faster than what I could handle because people were identifying with my story with my belief system and so the value in getting in touch with that and being brave enough to be different than your industry standards being brave enough to step away from maybe what a mentor taught you on um, what you think is necessary. Many of our mentors, I mean, they're, you know, they're seven figure businesses, they're high six figure businesses. They're not going to be executing at the level of the solopreneur. And I love that I get an opportunity to be in touch with that level of business, the one that's just getting started, the one that's just like, if I could make $1,500 a month, my whole family would be different. That's who I decided I'm gonna hang out with that one because that's who I was. So anyway, that's just my story. Everybody has their own belief system. Everybody has their own story, depending on what kind of work that they do. And when you get in touch with that, I can pretty much guarantee that that's going to resonate with the exact type of person you want to work with. Hey, hey, before we go any further into this episode, I just want to ask you, can you tell me about your ideal customer story? I mean, really tell me. I don't mean just, yes, it's a male or a female, and yes, he or she is in her 30s. That is just not going to cut it. For about three years, I spent a lot of time doing a lot of work without being very clear. And so I sat down a while back and wrote an ideal customer story. 
it helped me begin to visualize and get really clear exactly who I serve. And once I knew that, writing social media, writing emails, thinking about landing pages, making decisions in my business about if I was going to do that or not do that became much easier because I had a target in mind. It would be like us prepping for a race. We knew that we're going to go run this race on a certain day, but we didn't know how many miles we were going to cover and we didn't even know where the finish line was. That would be rather silly, yet that's what a lot of us do for our businesses for a long time. We just know what it is that we want to do, but we haven't become very clear about who it is that we want to serve. So it's like running a race and not knowing where the finish line is. I was miserable during that time, and I don't want other business owners to be unclear and miserable like me. I created a course called Creating an Ideal Customer Story. Right now, it's selling for $19.99 on my site, inspiretoengage.com. You'll see a button in the top right so that you can grab it. Now, the course itself is only about 90 minutes. So by the time that you grab your computer and your notebook or your pencil, whatever it is, and you get down to working through the course in about two hours, you walk away with much more clarity. I'm telling you, that clarity about who you want to serve, it also leads to a confidence and to a freedom because you now are not apologetic when you show up to social media. You don't feel like you're just taking up space. You know that you are there because you are here to serve this person. You have a purpose. And with that purpose comes that confidence and freedom. So once again, head to my site, inspiretoengage.com. It's all lowercase and the word to is spelled out, T-O. And you will see a button there that says grab the course, Creating an Ideal Customer Story. Currently, it's $19.99. And like I said, in less than two hours, you will have clarity and you will feel more confident and more free. Okay, back to the episode. Okay, those points that you made are so clear to me. What you're basically saying is, is we have to get really clear with ourselves about how we want our business to run or otherwise it runs us. Yes. And I love the picture that you make about the kids. You do a good job of creating this picture in my head of a mom sitting there and the kids are in her, in the floor and they're playing in Legos. Mm-hmm. So many moms, and especially during this pandemic, it may not be Legos. It may be their, the game system sitting mm-hmm. next to them, but we all understand now what it is to be trying to build a business with your kids around. And a lot of us had to take that look in the mirror of our business over the last couple of months and go, Ooh, yeah, this is not sustainable. If my children do have to come home for this period of time, I cannot keep up this level. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that we really have to figure out our story. Why it is that we even started this thing continually to remind ourselves of that and delve deep into our belief systems. And it's not necessarily always the deep stuff. Sometimes it is just the really funny, quirky things Mm -hmm. that leggings are pants and coffee and cupcakes. They fix everything. (laughs) So it can even be those quirky things too, that you fairly often are going to then post about those Mm -hmm. belief systems, whether it be the deep ones or the fun ones. 
and being brave enough to share the ones that maybe you don't think are popular. Cause I remember sharing, this was not anytime recent, but it was a very popular post, but I was being very, very serious. I was like, screen time was on my team. Screen time for my kids was like one of my team members for my work. My children knew how to use the iPads and they knew the Sprouts and they knew, you know, PBS kids. I was like, PBS kids, Sprouts, I should have been paying them because, <laughs> and it was like, I know that it's not a popular thing to say, let your child watch screens. I said, but realistically what was happening was I was handing my kids iPad saying, hey, go ahead and watch YouTube Kids or go ahead and watch Netflix or whatever it was because mommy has to jump into a meeting. It was a real part of my productivity execution. And that's not a popular thing, but when I posted it, other moms, it gave them permission to hand over the iPad and feel okay and not guilty about when mommy has to go record a podcast episode, I'm going to tell them to find something to watch on Netflix. And I'm like, that is the reality of mompreneuring. And that might not be the reality of some other moms that are not choosing this path or not choosing this career choice. But for us, understanding how to leverage screen time was a real dang thing. And so just looking across your work and the type of people that you work and being brave enough to say even things that possibly may not be popular opinion, but definitely resonates with the people that would pay you to help them. Just say it. And for the people, there were people that didn't agree with it. Guess what? They're not my clients. But every single one of my clients understands screen time and how to leverage it. <laughs> but if you want to work with the exact right people, go ahead and say those things. So, I mean, even weed out the people that are not for you, but draw the people that, that are exactly for you. That's a great point. I spend a lot of time with my clients talking about an ideal client mm -hmm. and talking about being very clear about who it is that you serve and being unapologetic about the fact I serve this person and then by serving this person and writing to this person very clearly in social posts and emails and on landing pages, then you're going to attract more people mm -hmm. like that person. I think a lot of times we're very scared of scaring people off. Yeah. And the reality is, is that a lot of times that goes back to clogging up our email and our social feeds with things that you and I both know after you've been in business for a while is not going to bring you money and it uh -huh. sure as heck is not bringing you joy because yeah. these people are not your ideal clients. Yeah. Let me ask you this and you've kind of already alluded to some of this. When you got really clear about how you wanted your business to run and you then got really clear about how you're going to help other mompreneurs do this, what task then did you take off your plate and decide they just weren't that important or mm -hmm. you can at least do them less often? Yes. So I definitely let go of blogging because I was blogging and podcasting at one time. I even hired a content manager to repurpose my podcast episodes and Facebook lives into blogs. And it still was part of my workflow because I had to go back and read them, had to go back and make sure they sounded like me. And I was like, this is just, it's too much. I believe that blogging is important. I believe that possibly one day, I will fold it back in, but for me, it was like, it's taking all that I can to just produce a very quality podcast episode, and that's going to have to be enough, and I can get skillful in keywording through my show notes and things of that nature.
I was like, that's going to have to be it. I'm going to have to be okay with saying goodbye to blogs. And I have some really, really great blogs. I actually had one I, I just mentioned before we hopped on that I switched over from Squarespace to mm-hmm. WordPress. And one of the things I had my VA do was save every single blog post I ever made <laughs> and Good. put them in a file because now it is content that I can repurpose in different ways. So I, I wanted to keep it, but I was like, one day I'll get back to it because it was a great tool to leverage for my business, but I didn't have time to blog and podcast. So I let blogging go. And quite frankly, I didn't enjoy blogging. I didn't enjoy writing. I'm a pretty decent writer. I, for some you reason, it, it, thank you. I don't enjoy the process for some reason. I got to be able to write from my heart. Exactly. Yeah, I gotta, that's where I write the best from my heart. And so writing with the understanding of optimizing, that was the, this is not fun for me. So I kind of let it go. Podcasting, I can talk all day. I don't have any problem with podcasting. So I chose that. The second thing I let go was the pressure of posting on social media all the time. I really had to get okay with posting three to four times a week. And I have a Facebook community as well. And I was showing up there on a regular basis. And I kind of lost my way in even how I was trying to leverage my Facebook community. So I just posted in my community and said, Hey, guess what? I'm gonna take a break from the community, not because I don't want to serve you guys here. I need to get a better understanding on how I want to serve you. So I'm going to step away for a little bit and just hang in there with me. And everybody's still there. Nobody left. But I'm not active in that community right now because I want to dedicate time to understanding if I'm going to be here, how do I need to leverage it and what is my capacity to support it? I don't have those answers yet, so I just had to completely stop. I am on Instagram pretty regularly, but like I said, I scaled that back. I had some, a woman ask me, because I disconnected from social media completely last weekend. I just took the apps off my phone and just I had to step back. And I was like, this is going to be something I do every single weekend, because it was so beautiful and peaceful. And I had a woman actually ask me on Instagram this week, well, how do you do that and not fall behind? I said, you got to be okay with falling behind. You have to be okay that I'm not going to get to everything. And then when you hop back on, just know, okay, on Mondays or whatever day you hop back on, I'm going to spend time answering things from the weekend. I'm going to answer my DMs. Just do it when you're ready to engage with them. The people will be okay. You don't have to answer them in real time. They'll be just as happy that you've got with them. And you don't have to be fearful. I'm going to lose a client. What if somebody DMs me about wanting to work with me? Guess what? at least for me, I'm a Christian and I really engage with my faith. And my whole thing is like, if they're for me, God, when I get with them, it'll be, if somebody else gets to them beforehand, I cannot live my life and run my business scared that I'm going to lose a client because I took a break. That's just not sustainable. So those are the two things I let go. I no longer produce as much on social media as I used to. And I completely let go of blogging. So those are the two main things that I no longer do that I used to do. This conversation right here that we just had, it has so many great nuggets in it that I want to talk just a second or two about it. When you were talking about the fact of just being okay, I remember that post. I think I saw the comment where you say, hey, I took, I just took it off my phone for mentally. I had to be better for my family, for myself to take out the phone. And I saw that you said, hey, I think it's something I'm going to do from here on out. And you hit 
on something that keeps us business owners doing all the stuff is that we're so scared of the fear of missing out. We're so afraid. And I'm like you, I'm a believer in Christ as well. And I do believe that it'll be all right in the mm -hmm. end. It will be all right if I miss out on a client, but that is the fear that we all have. That's what keeps us wanting to post 15 times a week and that we've got to be yeah. blogging and we've got to have a product page and every, I deal, I deal with a lot of e-commerce mm -hmm. uh, business owners. And so there's that reality. Most of them don't have a blog and I don't even encourage them to have a blog necessarily because there's the time thing again. At some yeah. point they have to sleep and see their family. And we're so scared of missing out on mm -hmm. something, but you teach people and we're about to get to this. You teach people that by aligning your beliefs, how you want to live your life, you are going to attract those people that in the end, you're going to make the money that you want to mm -hmm. make as long as you're confident enough in doing that and you take those steps. I love to the fact that you were willing to pivot. And I think a lot of times as business owners, when we make a decision, hey, I'm going to blog, we feel like it's a permanent decision. Yeah. And it's not. It's just not. And we do that in parenting. We do that around our house. And it's just not. We can change ways. And like you said, you changed. And you said, I'm not going to do blogging. And you were very honest with your Facebook group. And they appreciate the honesty. Part of it is because you've attracted people similar to you in that group. So mm -hmm. they get it. They understand that. They've already fallen in love with you. So let's talk about these 2000 and 3000 months. When okay. you and I talked on the phone on Tuesday, we had a good conversation about the 2K and the 3K months. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's going to be a lot of small business owners, especially if their business is a side hustle, mm -hmm. that their ears are going to perk up when they hear 2K and 3K months. First of all, there are some things that having months like that allow for. Mm -hmm. Talk for a second, having those type of months, bringing in that kind of revenue, especially if it's a side hustle, what does that allow for us as a mompreneur, as a business yeah. owner? Okay. So for my clients, understanding their time capacity and their ability to support and sustain their business long-term is extremely important. And so I am just not the one that is going to preach scaling fast and making these large amounts of money fast because it takes a level of commitment and support to be a six-figure, seven-figure business. And quite frankly, most of my moms don't come to me with these seven-figure goals. They're coming to me saying, hey, I'm going to be home with my kids, but I have other ambitions and I have other desires. I want to be able to do those as well. And I want to supplement my household income with something I'm passionate about doing. How can I turn something that's been a hobby for a number of years into actual something that can support my family financially? And so they're coming to me with very reasonable financial goals. And I'm like, 2K and 3K for my clients is like, yes, I'd love to get there. But I do have clients that have bigger monetary mm -hmm. goals. They have Definitely. bigger visions. And so if you can get yourself to consistently creating that type of monthly income, then now you have the ability to not only pay yourself something, but you can bring on a small team. And team is really how you scale to those larger numbers because you have to you have to take more things off your plate in order for you to continue to be the main content creator, the main visionary for your business. 
And you're not going to be able to do that if you are taking care of your, your bookkeeping and you're taking care of your social media content, even though I, I don't know if I ever want anybody to write my content for me. But even if I write it, if somebody just scheduled it or somebody just posted it for me, whatever those things are, just taking different things that are not really where I need to show up the biggest and brightest. I need to be the biggest and brightest for my clients. And I need to be the biggest and brightest for the areas where I'm focusing my marketing efforts. My marketing efforts right now is with my emails and with networking and collaboration. Those are those places that I say, if I'm going to spend a whole lot of time a week in marketing and strategy and intention, it's going to be growing and nurturing my email list and networking collaboration doing things like this like doing podcast episodes Mm -hmm. and facebook lives in other people's communities things of that nature that's where i shine the brightest that's where i have the most enjoyment and that's so that's where i'm going to leverage that i don't have as much enjoyment in leveraging social media doesn't bring me the same joy even though i believe in it Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm just going to focus on the things that actually produce revenue for my business so 2K and 3K months do a couple of things for the person that that's all they need. Okay, well, let's create the systems and get an understanding on what it takes for you to bring in that income and support it. And that way, it's sustainable for you. And then for other people, once they get to that, okay, now let's figure out what kind of support you need in order to take you to that next income level because I'm a stickler on having more than one income stream. Mm-hmm. But having more than one income stream usually means you do need to scale with a team in order for you to maintain the level that you were before you add on something else. So those are the two, my main things is like, you know, bring in regular consistent income around that 2K, 3K, possibly 5K mark. And then if you want to scale, fine. If you don't want to scale, then you know what it takes in order to sustain it. But even with that, just a little caveat, even with that, I do really believe, because I believe you can get to that 5K a month mark just by trading your time for money. But I'm, because I work with moms, I really want to help them build something that creates sustainable income outside of them actually having to show up to make that money. Because I want them to release that time commitment in order to be present for their family the way they want to by putting another income stream in place that they don't necessarily have to be there in real time to make the money. So I will say that. Yes. And I'm glad you pointed that out because there is really only so many hours in a day. And that is the biggest challenge. I think for a lot of us that get into business, we have this mindset. We, we start off saying, if I could just make two and 3000 a month, Mm -hmm. that would change. That would really change. And then we get there and then you, your eyes start getting even bigger, but Mm -hmm. you realize in your heart of hearts and in your brain, I cannot work any more hours. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're saying is that at that point, then you have to start using some of that money that you're bringing in and start looking at where do I need to spend a little bit of this money Mm -hmm. to have a team around me, at least some contractors. One thing I want to go back to that was such a good point that you made when you were talking about your marketing. I think that a lot of us fall into this mindset that social media is the only form Mm -hmm. of marketing. And you are really clear with yourself right now in this season of life for you what you want to spend your time doing 
with marketing. Mm -hmm. And you said right now it is in my email list. When I get new people, I'm making sure that I love on them. They mm -hmm. know exactly what I stand for, how to get in contact with me when they're ready to work. And you said, I am spending a lot of time with networking and collaboration. And I think that both of those are under leveraged yeah. and that a lot of people assume if I'm not active on social media, then I'm not marketing. Yeah. And I think that is so smart that you, of course, you've got a presence there and it's working for you. It's how I, it's how I came mm -hmm. to know you. It is working, but you also realize that there's a lot more to marketing than just being on social media. And I wanted to point that out because I have a lot of small business owners that do come to me and they say, Rachel, but you just don't understand. I just, I don't like social media. I don't want to be all of the places and I just can't keep up with it. And I like the fact, and I do try to tell them, I'm glad someone else is saying this too. Mm -hmm. Don't look at marketing as only social media. That is just one tool. If you don't like it, then let's delve a little deeper and figure out how else can you be telling your story and telling people about your product. That's all marketing is really. Yeah. It's telling people what you've got to offer. And there's lots of ways to do it. And collaboration yeah. and networking, even though a lot of people don't like that word networking, I'm like, I don't care what you call it. It's connecting to mm -hmm. other people so that they can tell other people about what you offer. Mm -hmm. Great point. And I wanted to definitely talk about that before we moved on, because I know that there's some small business owners are going to say, yeah, I'm tired of social media. I'm tired of it. Worn out. <laughs> They're going to get it. They're going to understand. <laughs> yeah. Be free. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just let it go. Just let it go. And one more question. I know we're running low on time, but how fast can someone expect, and just be honest with us, how fast can someone expect to get to First, that $1,500 month, mm -hmm. and then to the two and 3K, and then up to the 5,000. And of course, we know that people, a lot of us have goals even much bigger than that, and that's what we're working towards. But I want to talk to those people who are, they're at the dream phase, or they're yeah. really just now realizing I can take that hobby and make it into a business. Yeah, it's so hard to answer. And it's, it's actually a question that one of my new clients asked me before she signed on with me. It was like, well, how fast can I get there? And I'm like, I can't answer that in a general way. It's absolutely impossible to answer that in a general way because everybody's coming to me at different points in the process. If people are coming to me at different price points, different types of industries. A coach came to me and said that. I'm like, well, gosh, if you have one coaching package that you're pricing at $1,500 a month, we're talking about one client as far as revenue goes. That's not going to be as hard to get to as someone that's selling a information product that's at $27, you know, right? So it's, it's different things to consider when you're talking about scaling. I always tell people the fastest way to get to their monetary goal is to trade their time for money because that's where you're going to charge the most. Whenever you have to show up personally, that's where your highest dollars should probably be as far as your pricing. It, it should cost people more to actually get you in real time than a course or a book or something like that. But just to give an example, I ran a mastermind. I just ended a mastermind last month and everybody's at a different place. One of the ladies that was in the mastermind is actually masterminding for the second time. So we had done some work prior to her coming into the mastermind. She's a musician. And so a lot of her income was coming from gigging and, and then she also did lessons. Okay, so those were like her two main sources of income. And so when COVID-19 hit, all of her gigging 
gone. Was gone. Gone. Mm -hmm. So that was the major part of her income was her gigging. And so, but she did have these private lessons to fall back on. And even with her private lessons, they weren't virtual. They were in-person lessons. And so we took that service and figured out how can we package this virtually and scale this to make the income that you desire. And so we hopped on, went, went through the process that I go through to help come up with your product offers and your suite, got it together, got her marketing language together. She chose to do Facebook ads. She did a Facebook ad for private lessons and she tripled her income. She tripled her income, mm. but she had a service already thought out. She already knew her niche. She already knew the type of girl. She likes to work with teen girls. She already knew she likes to work with teen girls that are songwriters because she likes to teach them how to accompany themselves with the guitar. Oh, wow. And sing. so she had a very clear customer, but she had already done the work in the mm -hmm. last mastermind. Right. And so mm -hmm. Somebody else in the mastermind that's working with me for the first time is like, well, shoot, I'm just trying to make my money back from this mastermind <laughs> investment. But we started at the very beginning. What's mm -hmm. your story? What are your beliefs? So people are coming to me at different points in their journey. Somebody that's already clear on their audience. They've already worked with them. They're able to pinpoint pain points and very be very clear on how to solve those problems. I'm dealing with a much different scaling yes. from the time they get with me. Now, please keep in mind that they did the work. They just didn't do the work right. with me. They did the work previously. So you come to me and you're just now, you have an idea. You haven't done any of the pre-qualifying things that, that need to happen to set your foundation. Then, you know, we got to make room for that. And then that's going to bleed into coming up with your offers. And that's going to bleed into how to market yeah. All of it is a learning process. So I can't tell you, well, you could do this, work with me for three months and you're going to be scaling. I can't say that. No. You no. Know, okay. It, yeah. It's very hard. But um, if you're committed to it, just know that you've just got to go through the journey. There's not one, even coaches that tell you, you take their class or take their mm -hmm. course and they tell you you're going to sell afterwards. You very well may sell afterwards. But what I will say is if you haven't gone through the foundational, Mm -hmm. processes you're not going to know how to retain your people you're just not going to know because you really haven't done the work in learning how to serve them and you've got to know how to serve them well in order to retain them long term but yeah I can put something together and come up with a slamming sales copy and sell the crap out of it but on the back end if there's no foundation no ability to support them for real for real they're not going to stay no this is so funny. Your comment today is piggybacking off of the podcast that just dropped today. So it was with a friend of mine from Decatur, Alabama, Sarah Mae Dickinson. And the question that we were talking about was, what do you do when your sales plateau? She made a great point, And that's the point that you're making too. She says a lot of times what happens, business owners started selling or they just kind of got lucky. Maybe it was a hobby. Maybe they sold to their Bible study group or their mm -hmm. women's group or their book study. And so they started making all this money, but they never stopped and thought, how do I bring these people in? And so the reason it plateaus is because they never had a sales process to begin with. Yes. And that's a very common thing. But like you said, it takes the work on the back end of knowing what they're needing, how you're solving that problem. How are they coming to me in the beginning? 
Mm-hmm. And when you take a step back and you really take time to do that foundational work, then you do have a sales process. You do yeah. have a way of bringing people in and keeping them around, like you said, making them loyal customers. So it's not just a one and done. Mm-hmm. They're still standing out there ready uh, to hear more and mm-hmm. see more and buy more product from you. Yeah. So that obviously I need to hear that because I've heard that two times now in about two mm. weeks. So I needed to hear that. Okay. (laughs) 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 Is to know that sales process. Okay. Deanna, before we get off here in just a second, I definitely want you to share with people how they can learn more about you and about refreshed moms and about your mindset of we have to step back and be very clear about what it is we want to do with our business and who we want to serve. Tell them where they can find you. Yeah, so I'm going to send you to three different places. Okay, so of course I am on Instagram at the Deanna Mason. You can find me there. Deanna is spelled D-E-A-N-N-A. Mm-hmm. Hang out with me there. I'm there regularly. If you are interested more about my work and how I do what I do, you can go to my website, DeannaMason.com. And if you are interested in hopping on a discovery call with me so I can hear what your goals are and I can kind of show you what my method of transformation is to get you there. I love to do it. I'm a big stickler on making sure to match you with a coaching option that supports your budget. That was very important to me to make sure somebody can plug in somewhere. So I just want you to know that there's nothing that I can't meet depending (laughs) on where you are financially. That was really important for me. But you can go to DeannaMason.com and you can get a discovery call or click on my membership that, that actually explains kind of where the core of my work is with my membership community and how I do what I do. And if you happen to share my faith, if you are a Christian mompreneur, I would love to invite you to download my five daily prayers for mompreneurs. These are prayers that I wrote for myself. They started as meditations and I turned them into prayers and I just could not believe the response that they got once I let them out. And I was like, this needs to be a download. (laughs) I just need to make these into a download. And you can grab those five daily prayers. There's just prayers about different areas of your mompreneurship. They also include some scriptures to meditate around for those different topics. But you can go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash mom boss prayers and download them. I have to speak a second about those prayers. I downloaded them myself this morning. And before we jumped on this call and officially press record, I had to tell Deanna, they were so powerful. Mm -hmm. They brought me to tears. And she even addresses the thing that many of us, whether you're Christian or not, a lot of us feel guilty for wanting to make money. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we get really angry at 1 a.m. when we're still up working and everybody else in our house is asleep. we want to make money at 1 a.m. in the morning because we've worked so hard. She even has a prayer about income and about helping us to see that this is good. It's fine. And in fact, by making income, we can bless others and our business can be strong. And so I would strongly encourage you if you are of the Christian faith to download those prayers, they will definitely bless you and Deanna says that she starts every morning or when she's working on her business, she starts with those prayers. And I can see just how powerful they are as far as getting you in the right mindset. And it comes back to our story about why you're wanting to do it. Most of us started out with a story. There is somebody we wanted to help. And even if, even if you're like, no, Rachel, I I just want to sell these bracelets 
No, you don't. You want to provide for your family. You love them and you want to provide something more for them than what you are already doing. So mm-hmm. it, there is a deeper story to everybody's business. And so I would strongly encourage you guys to download those prayers. They're very powerful. Yes. Deanna may not enjoy writing, but she's a beautiful writer. Okay? <laughs> Thank you. I can, I can say that because I've read a lot of her website and I've read those prayers. So I just want to say one more time. Thank you, Deanna. I appreciate your time today and for giving us clarity. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I so enjoyed that conversation with Deanna. I told you at the beginning of this episode that she is one calm girl. I loved talking to her. In fact, as I was editing this and getting it ready to be published, I was just rejuvenated again because I was listening to our conversation and getting it ready to share it with you. And so I hope that you found as much joy from this conversation as I did. Okay, so here are three key takeaways. Number one, Deanna believes that business owners have to get clear about their belief systems. And especially if we're in the middle of raising a family and we want to be active in our children's lives and with our spouses and with our parents and and brothers and sisters as well, we have to get very clear about what it is that we believe. You know, she gave the silly examples about that she believes yoga pants are real pants and that coffee and cupcakes are powerful. But she also shared that social media for her, it was something that she realized, I don't believe I have to be on social media every single day, all the time in order for me to have a successful business. I'm so happy that she got to that point, that she believed it. And she's right. Once she really acted on her belief system, she said her calendar started filling up. It did not hurt her business. In fact, it probably allowed her to do other things to grow her business because she wasn't spending as much time on social media and offering up all the tips. She could focus her energy and her brain width on something else, other tasks that needed Deanna. Now, number two also builds on number one. She talked about the fact that she has pulled back from social media. And like I said, that's part of her belief system. She doesn't believe that she has to be on social media seven days a week, 24 hours a day. But she also said that she got a little pushback. Someone said, are you not afraid of getting behind? And she's like, no, I I know that on Mondays, built a system for that on Mondays. I am going to spend more time there because I will probably have to clean up my DM box. I will probably need to plan things for the coming week. And so it's become a part of her system. I also like the fact that Deanna talked about other ways that she's marketing her business. She is working on growing her email list. She's doing it through downloads and then once she has you on your on her email list, she's spending time nurturing that list. She also mentioned the fact that she's networking and doing collaborations. Being a guest on my podcast is an excellent example of how she is marketing herself. I would encourage anyone that's listening that being a guest on a podcast is an excellent way to market yourself. You're able to leverage the audience of that podcast host and share the products and services that you offer or writing guest posts for another website or a newspaper article or a magazine 
That's another way that you can market yourself and use someone else's audience to do that. It's just like social media in the sense that it takes time. You're going to have to research podcasts that are a good fit for you, your product, and your service. And you're going to have to research what publications you want to do guest writing for. But social media is not the only way to market ourselves. I, of course, going to tell all small business owners to have at least one social media account. That's not what Deanna, Deanna and I are saying is that you no longer do social media. We're just saying put it in its place. Make sure that, that you run it and it doesn't run you. Okay, the third thing. She talked about scaling. She talked about getting busy moms to the $2,000 and $3,000 months. Now, many of her clients are working on a side business. So a lot of us started with $100 months or $300 months. We started with a service or product and we just sold to our friends and family. And we looked up and realized, oh my goodness, I actually could have a business from this. From there, we went to probably $1,000 months or we're aiming to be at the $1,000 months and then the $2,000, $3,000 and then further on. But the point that Deanna is making in order to scale is we have to have systems in place. We can't scale and grow our business and still be there for the for our family the way we want to if we don't have systems in place. Now, I've been guilty of this for a long time. It's something that I've been working very hard on in 2020. I want to have certain things in place so that I can scale, so that I can grow my income and still be with my family. One simple thing that I have done lately, and I wanted to share it with you, is start using a digital timekeeper. I'm a notes taker, so I've always kept my time, but I've kept it in written form. And what I realized is that I'm wasting time with that. Now, I know some of you are rolling your eyes going, really, Rachel, you're just now moving to a digital timekeeper? And I really am. I also know there's other people that are like me who maybe haven't even been writing down their time. The thing is, is we can't scale a business. We can't develop systems if we don't know how much time we're spending on certain parts of our business. So we don't want to just keep time and say, hey, I'm working on my business three hours a day. We want to get even more specific. I'm working on my business and within my business, I've done this for X number of hours. I've done this for X number of hours and I did this for X number of minutes. One free tool that I've come across I really enjoy is called Toggle. I believe it's T-G-G-L-E. Search Toggle, T-O-G-G-L-E. You will find it. It will come up. But I don't believe that the product itself is spelled exactly like that. Now, the reason I'm suggesting it, it's free. What Toggle does, just like many digital timekeeping apps will do for you, is that you go in there and press start. You can be very specific about what project you're working on. And so at the end of the day and then at the end of the week, you have a cumulative list that shows you how long you spent on each aspect of your business. It's very telling. You may look up and realize like, oh my goodness, I am spending huge amounts of time on social media and yet that's not really where I'm getting a lot of my purchasers. So there's a great example of just by having a system in place to keep your time so that you can go back and look at it, 
you can develop a system that's even better going, okay, social media is important, but I don't need to be spending that much time each week because I'm not gaining a lot of customers from there. Or vice versa, you may realize that you're spending a good deal of time there, but you're gaining a lot of customers from there. So it's well worth your time. Toggle is free, but I will say there's a couple of really good paid apps that will allow you to keep your time and directly invoice your clients if you're a service-based business. So that may be something you want to look into as well. A good example is Harvest. For Toggle, I'm back to the free one, Toggle has an app and it also has a browser extension. So that's really nice too if you're working on your desktop or your laptop, you can just press that button in your browser and begin your timekeeping there. Now, I'm talking about timekeeping because it's one example of systems, creating a system. And if you start there at the bottom level of keeping time, then you can build other systems because you have something to base those systems off. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Deanna about getting clear with our belief systems, about sometimes pushing back against what the industry tells us to do, and about developing systems so that we can scale a business and still be there for our families like we want to. Okay, I hope you guys have a great week.